Thank you, Ruthanne. We've been talking about you can't live the Christian life in Christ, or if you want to use some other title, but basically you can't live the Christian life. Tonight we want to touch on living by faith. If you think about living the Christian life, living by faith, a couple of questions, looking for some response. Can you have faith and be unforgiving? Can you have faith and be unforgiving? Can you have faith and be unforgiving? I see one head going half-heartedly, no. Can you have faith and dwell in your sins and your failures? Can you have faith and dwell in your sins and your failures? No. No? Does faith bargain? Does faith bargain? Don't think so? Faith does not bargain, but it is a bargain. Can you have faith and refuse to admit sin and seek forgiveness? For a time. time. You say not long term? Okay. Again, just challenging your thinking. This brief study springs from Christ's desire for us to live by Faith. And by faith, we're talking about dependency. We're talking about relationships. That is a relationship with God, knowledge of God, and just daily living by faith. Look at a couple passages. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 4, the first passage listed on the PowerPoint is Galatians 1, but we'll go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, reading together several verses. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll begin with verse 1. Ephesians 4 and verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And notice he says, you know, live a life worthy of the calling you received, and he talks about being humble. Humility is basically, I can't. God can. I need help. I can't handle life myself. He says, be gentle. The idea of gentleness involves accepting circumstances that come our way, how people respond to us, and not blowing or cool. We accept them as from God and respond accordingly. He says, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Have you ever become ungentle? Is that a word? with the political situation in our country or some leaders in our country. 
You know, you just become very frustrated. You know, why is this happening? Living by faith accepts the fact that God has put rulers in our land. And we accept that with gentleness. What does that involve, living by faith? Look at verse 20 of chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. So when we talk about faith, Chapter 3, 20 and 21 talks about this power that is work, at work within the believer beyond what we can ask or imagine. By faith, we say, God, I accept what is happening in our country. I'll be gentle about it. We may not feel like it. We may think it's terrible and so on. Faith says, God has given me the resources to be gentle. I will respond in a gentle manner, even when we don't feel like it. We still respond. The same thing with being patient. Maybe this is more applicable to you guys than to you ladies. Do you ever drive and you want to get somewhere in a hurry and the slow driver's in front of you? And you're talking under your breath and you have all kinds of thoughts going through. Why do you have to go so slow, you know, and you know, just all kinds of things might go through your mind. Be patient. We say, I don't feel like being patient. Idiotic driver, if they would wise up, they wouldn't drive like this. Lord, I choose to be patient because there's a power at work in me beyond what I can ask or imagine. That's living by faith. You by nature may not be patient, but you can choose to be patient because of the power that is at work within you. By faith, you respond in light of that power. So God, I'm not doing a very good job at being patient here. I can't do it. But Christ is at work in me in a manner beyond what I can ask or comprehend. And you can shift your attitude within seconds. That's living by faith. In Colossians 2, chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, we won't turn there, but he says, as you, as you have received Christ, so live or walk in him. How did we come to faith, or how did we come to Christ? By faith. How do we live daily? By faith. We'll touch on that a little more, but let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, we won't read the entire chapter. Let's pick up with verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith. God says, Noah, I want you to build this ark. Apparently it never rained by that time. And God said, build an ark. What did Noah do? He didn't argue, he didn't debate, he didn't bargain, he didn't say why. It just says, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. God said, act, and he obeyed. 
That's faith. Doesn't make sense to me, God, but he acted. Look at verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. God said, Abraham, I want you to go. And what did he do? He went. He didn't ask and so on. Skip down to verse 21. Or verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. So when Joseph was dying, he said, when you leave Egypt... Take my bones with you. Now, how did he know that Israel would leave Egypt? Because God had made a promise to Abraham years earlier. And the exodus from Egypt was going to be some 400 years later. And by faith, what did he do? He talked about their leaving Egypt. Even though there was going to be a 400-year period of slavery. He spoke about what's coming as though it was real. Now, when you leave Egypt... Take my bones. You know, there wasn't this, is it going to happen or not? By faith. He responded. In verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses had a very high position in Egypt. He was educated in Egypt with all the training of the Egyptians. But by faith, he chose not to stay in Egypt. He was giving up a lot. But by faith, he chose disgrace. He chose to be mistreated. It's faith. In verse 32, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon. Gideon, you know, was kind of weak in faith, but yet had faith in God, and God demonstrated to him that this is the way you're to go to battle. And he ended up going with 300 men and routed an entire army by faith. God, this is not the way you go to battle, you know, with a torch and a jar or pitcher, you know, whatever. By faith, he acted. And he goes on to list other people. Faith. Now let's think about a description of faith in light of the passages we discussed. Faith is thinking and acting on God's promises. Noah acted on God's promise. There's going to be a flood coming. Abraham acted on God's promises. Let me use an example. Do you ever sit around or walk around or on the job, think about, why was I so dumb and do, did that? I sinned. I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better. Do you ever dwell on that more than two seconds? 
Now, what does God say in Ephesians 1 and verse 7? We come to faith in Christ, and he has forgiven our sins. That's a promise. If he has forgiven them, when we dwell on them, we're rehearsing something that God doesn't even have in his record. Living in light of promises, I blew it, it was sin, it was not a good thing. I don't need to dwell on it, I don't need to think about it, because God has said, he has forgiven me. That's faith. Taking God at his word, he says he's forgiven me, I'm not going to argue with him, I accept what he says. So I'm forgiven. I don't need to keep track of it, I don't need to dwell on it. It's under the blood of Christ. So that's faith. Faith is seek, thinking and acting on God's commands, such as Noah, Abraham, thinking and acting on God's commands. One of God's commands is in James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. So we go through a trial. We say, Lord, I'm choosing to rejoice. I don't see the end. I don't see this as being profitable, but I'm choosing to rejoice because you tell me to. That's faith. Just acting on what God says. So children are to obey mom and dad. Honor and respect them. They choose to obey. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. By faith, they choose to obey because God says it's going to have a long-term impact. Faith is a resting in the promises of God. Resting in the promises of God that ties in with what we mentioned on letter A. Just resting in the promises of God. Probably most of us have never been through it. But in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, you can pray, give us this day our daily bread. What if you sat down for breakfast tomorrow morning and had nothing to eat? Could you pray for the meal, resting, and a promise that God would provide? God says he'll take care of our needs. Mueller did that quite often. Notice he had orphanages in England. But also living in light of the promises of God is, as I said earlier, to accept the fact that we're forgiven and not dwelling on it. Confidence, or letter D, no demand for specific Outcome or results or answers. Faith does not demand a specific outcome. Now, God, if I trust you and I obey you, is this going to be the outcome? Faith acts on the promises of God, the commands of God, not demanding certain results or answers. There's no bargaining Just acts, faith, taking God at his word. There's a confidence in God, his character, his names. So there's a relationship. 
When you think about Noah having faith, apparently he had some knowledge of God. Abraham had faith, apparently some knowledge of God. It was just a confidence in God. His names, his character. By the way, it's not always an issue of how strong our faith is, it's just an issue of faith. You say, my faith is really weak. Better weak faith than no faith. See, the issue is not how much faith we have. The issue is, where's our faith? Our faith is in the Lord. Whether it's weak or strong, we can act. There's a confidence in God. When we were in Guala, Honduras, years ago, on a mission trip when I was just out of high school, we were going to fly out of a dirt strip on an old airplane. It was a DC-3, if I remember correctly. It was a cargo plane, so you didn't have to sit down and buckle in and all of that, you know. And a couple of thoughts went through my mind. I was not crazy about flying. We're going to fly down this dirt strip and we're going to get off the ground in time. Oh, no problem, no problem. How long has this plane been around? No problem, no problem. So with a great amount of weak faith, get on the plane, entrusted ourselves to the pilot that we had no idea who he was, and to the plane, and we arrived safely, obviously. I'm here. Whether my faith was weak or strong, I did get on the plane, so there was a degree of faith. Faith is confidence in God, and I think as we come to know God and walk with Him, our faith increases. And we say, God said it, I'll act on it. I won't even question, whereas years ago we may have questioned. Faith, no need or demand for explanations. No need or demand for explanations. You ever think about Abraham? God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and I want you to go and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham knew that Isaac was the promised son because God had told him earlier that the blessing would not come through Ishmael but through Isaac. What did Abraham do? The text of Scripture tells us that he get up the next morning and he went and he offered was going to offer Isaac. Took some of his servants with, took the wood and the fire, and Isaac eventually said, Dad, we have wood, we have the fire. Where's the offering? And Abraham said, God will provide. The text does not say that God said, Abraham, I want you to offer your son Isaac. And Abraham turns around and says, Now, God, that's a stupid thing. Explain this. If I'm going to offer Isaac, 
How can he ever be offspring or have offspring? He is my offspring. No explanations. He just went and obeyed. Sometimes we read scripture. Maybe you don't respond this way. And you think, this is a stupid thing to do. Rejoice in my trials. Yeah, that makes no sense. You don't need an explanation if God said it. Faith acts on it. That's faith. Just acts. Obedience. Without seeing the promised result or evidence of the promised result. Some of us over the years have come across some enemies in our lives. And God tells us to be kind to our enemies. Well, God said I'm to be kind to my enemy, so I'm going to be kind to my enemy. Well, what's the outcome of this going to be? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to obey. I don't necessarily see the result, but I'm going to obey. Just acts. Doesn't necessarily see the promised result in advance. Faith is giving up a demand for reasons or evidence. Show me before I obey. So if I'm going to forgive this person, God, you've got to show me and let me know that this is going to pan out in a good way. Because if I forgive them, they might hurt me again. So you've got to guarantee that they won't hurt me again before I'll forgive them. That's not faith. Faith is willing to forgive, knowing that you may get hurt again, but you have no demand. What if God treated us that way and said, I'll forgive you if you promise never to sin again? We'd all be in hot water. Faith acts. No. Giving up the demand for reason or evidence. Faith is measuring yourself by God's standard. Measuring yourself by God's standard accepted in Christ. You've been gifted. Sometimes people have what we might call a negative view of themselves. How does God measure you? Through Christ. So we've been redeemed. We've been adopted. We've been forgiven. We're going to be presenting God to God holy and blameless. God, I really blew it yesterday. It was a terrible thing. I didn't treat my family very nice or co-worker very nice. And God says, I know you didn't, and you admitted that you didn't. But I want you to know you need to measure yourself by my standard. In Christ, you're accepted. Okay, God, I surrender. I let go of those thoughts about how terrible I am. Now measure myself by your standard. That's faith. Faith, a mind dwelling on your position in Christ. Position in Christ is what God has done for you through Christ. You've been justified or declared righteous. You're at peace with God, and so on. Faith is choosing to think, to act in light of the power, resources we have in Christ, even when the feelings are not present. We live by fact, 
not feeling. So in light of some discussions we've had on Sunday mornings about, you know, being a body and caring for one another. So you know there's a brother or sister in Christ that has drifted from God. And you know you're responsible for going to talk to them. I think, I don't want to do this, God. And God says, I know you don't want to do it. But remember, there's a power at work in you beyond what you can ask or imagine. Christ is your life. So what does faith look like? God, I'm to go talk to this brother or sister. And you start to make the effort to go or call or whatever the case may be. You realize the power that God provides when by faith you act. That's faith. See, faith is not looking to see what's going to happen before you go. Faith chooses to act, realizing that God will give you the power, the grace, as you act. Noah, by the time he got done with the ark, there were only eight righteous people on the earth. He had to choose to think and act during the, that 120 years in the proper way. And I realized there were some believers on earth and some died just before you know, the flood. But there wasn't a tremendous amount. And some scholars think the earth's population could have been almost as large as it is today. Eight righteous people. Noah just chose to act. Faith is a practical knowledge of the Lord, daily experiencing Him. Think of my father-in-law sometimes. <clears throat> he had a hands-on mindset, you know, good at doing things with his hands and fixing machinery. And if you would have snuck up on him sometimes when he was working in something, you would hear him saying, now God... I can't figure this out. And I think you are concerned about what I'm doing here. You're taking interest in what I'm doing here and working on this machine. How about a little wisdom to help me figure this out? What's he doing? That's a practical knowledge of the Lord. So you're driving to work tomorrow and you know you're going to face a tough situation and you just talk to God like he's riding with you in the car. You know, God, it's going to be tough today. That's a practical Knowledge of God. Faith, <laughs> lastly, letter M, is just relationship and fellowship with the Lord, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Relationship and fellowship. You know, sometimes people say, you know, there's this person we know talks to themselves and so on. I've already thought some people will see me go down the road and see my mouth going, and they'll say, there's no one in the car. Who's he talking to? I'm probably just talking to God, and then other times I'm silent, and I'm just listening. Well, it's a relationship. What do you do in a relationship? You talk, you listen. Sometimes you're just together. You don't have to feel like you have to talk or listen. Faith. I can't live the Christian life, so we trust in God. Okay, just quickly wrap it up in a few moments. Contrasting faith and evidence or reason. Faith knows the person speaking. 
Evidence or reason is concerned about knowledge and facts. Faith knows the person, what they're like. Evidence or reason wants knowledge or facts. There are some people you just know how they'll respond. That's knowing God. So what will God do in this circumstance? Well, he'll give wisdom. He'll enable me to forgive. You just know him. That's the way he is. So I generally, when I was a kid, I could go to dad and ask him for most anything I wanted, knowing I would get a yes answer. Why could I do that? I knew him, knew his character. Now, there's some things I never went to ask him for because I knew him, and I knew he would say no, so why go ask? But see, that's knowledge of God. You just know him as you walk with him. Faith, there's trust. Evidence, there's more. I want an explanation. You've got to explain this to me. Faith, just trust. Faith, action on what is spoken. Action on what is spoken. Whereas evidence, no, you want evidence. Faith is relationships. On the evidence or reason side, there's more learning. And I'm not opposed to learning. But with God, when faith, there's a relationship. Not necessarily knowing a lot about God, but a relationship. Faith, there's a dependency. Evidence or reason, you want the evidence first. Just a dependency upon God. Do you ever think about David and the faith he displayed? David was anointed king, ran from Saul for almost, I think it's 10 years. Just depending upon God. I'm going to become king someday, but this is a terrible way to become a king. That's faith. I have to become king because I was anointed king, and God promised so I'll depend. Where's the evidence? David didn't get that. Faith responds due to the character of the person. Evidence tends to act due to evidence. Are there people that you would do most anything for just because you trust them, even though it may seem stupid? That's faith. You ever think about some of the, what we call stupid things God asks us to do? Forgive 70 times 7. That means if I forgive Ruth Ann, I might have to do it dozens and dozens more times. But faith does not keep track of that. Well, how many times did I forgive Ruth Ann now? I don't know. I think it's the first time. See, that's 
a dependency responding due to the character of the person. God knows what he's doing. Ray? I battle with that. You battle with which? Okay, I got a question in relation to that, Ray. Does God forgive all sinners? Does God forgive all sinners? Does God forgive all sinners? If you repent. Okay, now think about that in the context of Forgiveness of another person. We may be willing to forgive, but we can't actually extend the forgiveness until they come and seek it. And that's what I'm talking about. But their coming to seek it does not demand that they don't sin again or hurt us again. It's willing to forgive. But you can't have forgiveness if there's no admitting a wrong. So you're on track. And to be Willing to forgive someone that comes to you in repentance is to be godlike. To have a spirit of forgiveness and want to forgive, faith would wait until they admit they're wrong before the relationship can be restored. But it doesn't forgive with a condition that you must promise not to do it again. Because when we demand a promise, now we move from faith. Because God does not do that. Okay, good point, Ray.